0: Good evening, everybody. Say good evening to your neighbor with a smile and, um sit, ask them, do I meet you fasting? Get a response. He's not fasting. <laughs> you are reporting him. <laughs> you ask your neighbor, ask your neighbor, do I meet you fasting? If your neighbor is not fasting, let me see your hands up. Not your neighbor's hands, your own hands. <laughs> Expose us, the smaller one now, the smaller one, the smaller one. Um, Okay. Your interest, fast, so that you don't have to fast, because whichever way you will fast. So it's better to fast so that you don't have to fast. And it's usually better, thank you, when we have a corporate um, event like this and we are fasting together. Okay, so we are in chapter 20 of our study of the book of Proverbs and um, titled Wisdom. Wisdom. Chapter 20, we are in part 18. Um, And before we um, read the text, Okay, maybe we should read the text first before we start. Okay, Proverbs 20 from verse 1. Wine produces mockers, alcohol leads to brawls. Those led astray by drink cannot be wise. The king's fury is like a lion's roar. To rouse his anger is to risk your life. Avoiding A fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. Many Will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? The godly walk with integrity, blessed are their children who follow them. When a king sits in judgment, he weighs all the evidence, distinguishing the bad from the good. Who can say, I have cleansed my heart, I am pure. I am free from sin. False weights and un- unequal measure and unequal measures, the Lord detests double standards of every kind. Even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure <laughs> or whether it is and whether it is right. Ears he to hear eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. If you love sleep, you will end in poverty. Keep your eyes open and there will be plenty to eat. The buyer argues over the price saying, it's worthless, then brags about getting a bargain. Wise words are more valuable than much gold and many rubies. Get security from someone who guarantees a stranger's debt. Get a deposit if he does it for foreigners. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but it turns into gravel in the mouth. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. A gossip goes around telling secrets. So don't hang around with such chatterers. If you insist, insult, (laughs) okay, you're following. If you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. In An inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. The Lord detests double standards. He is not pleased by dishonest skills. The Lord directs our steps so why try to understand everything along the way. Don't trap yourselves yourself by making a rash promise to God and only later counting the cost. A wise king scatters the wicked like wheat then runs his threshing wheel over them. The Lord's light penetrates the hearts the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. Unfailing love and faithfulness protect the king. His throne is made secure through love. The glory of the young is their strength. The gray air of experience is the splendor of the old. Physical punishment cleanses away evil. Such discipline purifies the heart. The Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words in Jesus' name. Ah, I mean, as you can see, it's another pretty loaded chapter. We will um, touch on some key issues. We will encourage you to go home and wrestle with the issues we, we do not speak on or we do not teach on and the Holy Spirit will teach you himself in Jesus' name. So to open up the teaching, we have the question if you have an outline, do we all have an outline? Like if you don't have one, just signify and sure will give you one. And, um, and um, The question there says, have you made a promise to God in the past or presently that you are struggled or are struggling to keep if you've been a Christian long enough (laughs) you know what this is okay so anybody can you put up your hand is there a hand there this question at least we know that the young ones will not put up their hands (laughs) for once (laughs) we have a question they are not qualified to answer they don't have enough experience. <laughs> okay, anybody? Okay, there's a hand there. And there's a hand there. And there's, there are two hands there. Okay. Anyone gets the mic first? Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, first I
1: made the promise casually. Right. So I was going back and forth, you know, saying sorry, forgive me, and, you know. Sorry. Tra- yes, like. Sorry.
0: Yes. For not so that you won't keep the promise. No no
1: no, I mean, for not keeping the promise. For not. So yes. So keep. but I got to a point where um I felt God showing me how to even keep the promise. Amen. So there were some things I had to let go right. and all of that. So God is still helping me. So keep to keep the promise. Yes. Amen. But at first it was a struggle
0: because I just promised, okay, I won't do it again. So you say sorry, um, yes. sorry, sorry. Back and forth. <laughs> Okay. okay, thank you. Yes. Okay, uh, praise God. Hallelujah. I made a commitment to God and I really struggled with it because um, it has to do with finances and it was not flowing in like I expected. So um, when it comes in, I
1: try using my head to think, okay, fine, this is logic rather. Then I, I say, okay, let me not do this. Let me do it this way. And I was really struggling, um, but I broke out completely when we were
0: back in TO, T.O. the first PTL we did. And that was how I got out of it because I, then I was aiming 25,000 and I committed 20,000 every month, you huh. know, and I was really pushing in and God was seeing me through and ever since then I've not struggled with when Amen. it comes to
1: yes, commitments.
0: commitment. Amen. That is huge faith, <laughs> right there. Yes, ma. So we take those two and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah.
1: Not now, then. Then. Yes, I I I made promises, and um, I I could not fulfill them. And there are times I'll be struggling with those promises. I said, Ah, God, have mercy on me. I made this promise when I was, um, you know. <laughs> but now, ah, to pay this promise was so difficult for me. I'm
0: sorry, Lord. That I
1: was struggling to say, ah. The day I double into this verse, this um, 20 verse, 25.
0: 25, yeah.
1: Don't trap yourself. By making a rush promise to God, uh. ah, and only later counting the cost, ah, I said, eh? "Father, just <laughs> have mercy, oh! <laughs> and if I never knew these are the things I was doing. Father, just have mercy on me. Have mercy." <laughs> so, as you had I, mercy, I, ah, yes, Thank yes, you. because since then up till now, I knew that. Um, <laughs> I don't have to rush into any promise. <laughs> any <laughs> promise. I don't rush into it. I'll take my time to pray. Amen. I'll take my time to make any Count promise. Count ah, Yes, oh.
0: Mm. <laughs> Amen. Okay. And God has been seeing me through. Amen. God has been helping me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give your neighbor, okay? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
1: I'm sure this promise I made to God is what a lot of mothers will... Right. understand. So I made a promise to God to be a more patient mother. To right. my children, I have four, especially my son. He's five years old and is very hyper. Wow. Now I'll be more patient with him. And to me, before I made this promise, the quickest remedy to come is over hyperactivity is to smack him. Then afterward, I start feeling guilty. He's, he's jumping, he's screaming, he's hitting his sisters. He's really hyper. Right. So I said I was going to be more patient and less smacking and it has been a struggle. Right. <laughs>
0: And God will help you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Awesome. So Proverbs 20 teaches us about three things life, friendship, and work. Primarily, there are other things mixed in, in there, you know, but we are gonna look at life, friendship, and work. So we dive into life immediately. Spaces have been provided for you to fill in the blanks and occupy the space with your thoughts and the things that you hear um, that come up on the screen or I mean you hear us teach about. So life, verse 20, says don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God, only later counting the cost. And this is the the the, 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 the is like um the flip side is is what God is saying is God saying to to you and I don't rush, don't be in a haste to make a rash promise. Always count the cost. God expects you and I to always count the cost before making a promise or making a vow, particularly to God. I think it's Ecclesiastes five that says that. There are angels that are taking record of these things. And you don't want to now come back and say, I am sorry. It is usually not tenable. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what? Fulfill your your vows. Fulfill your promise. There's nothing to be sorry about. Just go ahead and fulfill it. So, one extreme is like, oh, so I'm not going to make any promise and any commitment to God again. You know, the truth is that you cannot grow in, in God without making commitment to God. You can't. There, You can't grow spiritually. You can't even get to anywhere in your life without making a commitment. If you didn't make a commitment to your university, if you went to university, you would not be a graduate today. If you didn't make that commitment, fill the form, sign it, you would not have graduated. If you didn't commit to getting married, you wouldn't be married today. Say, ah, I don't want to make, I don't like commitments. Then, then you can never get married. If you, everything in life is about commitment. So to grow in God, you have to make commitments. So, but what God is saying is, count the cost. Lord, I'm going to be thanking you for three hours from 12 midnight to 3 a.m. For the next six months, God says, before you say it, count the costs don't say, oh God, you understand now, today uh, traffic was very bad. You know, I'm really tired. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. There was traffic before you said you were going to do what you will do. But if you keep that commitment, at the end of six months, your life will not be the same again. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it is totally required for your spiritual growth and mine. At the same time, God expects us to be circumspect. Verse 1, Wine produces mockers. Alcohol leads to a fight, to brawls. Those led astray by drink cannot be wise. You know, I've had a lot of, some Christians say, oh, but pastor, you know, um, is it a sin to drink alcohol? Will I go to hell if I drink alcohol? The issue is that you go to hell or you not go to hell. That, that's not the issue. God has never made that issue. God has, but God is saying that you will not maximize your life here on earth. That's what he has said. Praise the Lord. So you decide. You decide the quality of life you want to live. God says that those that are led astray by wine cannot be wise. It's in the Bible. So should you drink? Will you go to hell? God did say if you drink, you go to hell. I don't think Christians drinking. Honestly, I've said it before. I honestly don't think it's a sin to have maybe a red wine or what have you that has alcohol, I don't think it's a sin. It's not in Scripture that it's a sin. But it's, scripture, it's in the Scriptures and it's clear that you cannot maximize your life if you are giving to alcohol. I think Proverbs 30, we are going to get there at some point, by God's grace, says that it is not for kings to drink alcohol. So, how do you want to operate? Do you want to operate on earth as a king? Or do you want to operate on earth as a commoner? Which do you want? As a king. Do you want to operate on earth as someone that is filled with the wisdom of God or somebody that is lacking the wisdom of God time and again? Filled with the wisdom of God. And the word of God says that those led astray by a drink cannot be wise. And you will be wise. In Jesus' name. You know what I mean? In, in, in God's favorite house, while, of course, we, 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 won't, we don't judge anyone that drinks, and we don't even say that we don't have an issue. We won't even make an issue out of it, you know, if, I mean, for people that, that are given to alcohol. But we just teach you what the Word of God says, and all of us that are leaders, are pastors, are ministers in God's favorite house, we've committed not to drink alcohol. Okay? True, guys. True. So, <laughs> verse 17 says, stolen bread is sweet, but in the end, it turns into gravel. You know, um, I've, I've heard people trying to discourage maybe younger ones from doing bad things, you know. I say, oh, it's it is horrible. You know, it is... No. Only for them to taste it and see that it is actually sweet. So you don't tell them it is. there's no juju there. <laughs> there's no juju there. When they open it and discover there's no juju there, they won't listen to you again. So that's not the answer. The answer is to tell them the repercussions of it. You know, your mouth will be filled with gravel at the end of the day. You know, there are things I want to say, but... Because of our PG rating, I will skip. Praise the Lord. (laughs) You know, I will skip. Verse 20 says, if you insult your father or your mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. Your own light will not be snuffed out in the name of Jesus. This issue of father and mother is a It's a huge deal spiritually. Sometimes we don't get it, particularly those of us that are Christians, you know. We are like, eh, but my parents are not Christians, eh, but they are not born again. I'm like, but they are your parents. You will not be here without them. Eh, but they are they don't even know God. They are they are drunks, they are idol worshippers, they are whatever they are. They are your parents. And God has said, don't abuse them. Don't curse your parents. Don't, I mean, and the reason a lot of people are struggling with light today is because of an issue they have with their parents. So what do I do when my parents are, you know, um, one of my parents or both of them are, you know, um. Relatable. I mean, it's just, just honor them. That's all you do. You don't need to obey everything they say. Some of them try to manipulate us. I say, the Bible says you are 42. You have your own family. And they're still telling you, obey your father and mother is a lie. That's not the Bible. Ah, You know what can happen if you don't obey your parents? There's some parents do that. Manipulation. Just tell them point blank. Daddy, mommy, that is manipulation. It's not going to work here. So you need to know from the dictatorship to (laughs) um, democratic level of parenting to consulting, you know, when you become a consultant, as long as you are not under their roof and they're not feeding you, you are not bound to obey them if you are still in your parents' house, even if you are 64, you have to obey them. If they still send you pocket money, even if you are 38, or 40, when they say, sit, you sit. But if you are adulting, as they say, <laughs> and you've moved out, you are fending for yourself, you're even sending money to them, and they say jump. You can say, why am I jumping, mommy? Why exactly am I jumping? Because I'm your mommy. Ah, that doesn't work again, no? You have to find another reason <laughs> why you think I should jump. That's the truth. But African parents, they want to control you till you get to the grave. Until they go to the grave, (laughs) whichever comes first. You see, it's only African parents that want to control their children even when they are adults. I say African parents because not even all human beings. In some countries, once you are 18, you get out of the house. Get out of the house. If you stay in the house, you pay rent to your parents. So if you're staying in their house, your parents, it's a contractual relationship. Check every creature that God made. They let go of their young. The eagle will even push the baby out of the nest so that it can fly. But human beings, African parents, want to control their destinies, God will break that hold. In the name of Jesus. <sighs> Verse 21, an inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. And this is so true. You know, many times children are 21. They want, you know, maybe their parents passed on. I have friends. We just left secondary school. Father billionaire passed on. By the time we were entering universities, they were buying cars, they were changing cars. I mean, today, it's just a very sorry story, in all the cases. So when I saw it in the Bible, I'm like, it's even in the Bible. <laughs> so, wise parents that are wealthy would ensure that there's a kind of a trust, a, 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 a kind of, um, yeah, like a, like, a, like a foundation, like a trust. Until maybe they are, they are married with four children. That will make them give birth very quickly. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because the way you drive when you are single is different from the way you drive when you are married and you have a child in the car. Do you know that? Everything just changes. You just be going, Except something is wrong with you. <laughs> You know, it just changes. Okay. Verse 22. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. The word of God says, wait for the Lord to handle the matter. Ah. Many times we are wronged. People betray us. In fact, we're having a staff meeting today and we're talking about the betrayals that happened. You know, you know, um... In in, in, in in getting the land, you know, where we are seated, you know, very deep betrayal stuff, you know. And they're like, Pastor, how did you cope? I'm like, I left it for God. I didn't want to take vengeance. I just left it for God. Because this God will gain service, by the grace of God, you know, um, the last time the, the children alone were over 600, you know. So, I mean, (laughs) praise God, you know. So, this time, we have, um, like, we walked up to the owners of the school across huge, fantastic, fantastic facility, and they've allowed us to use their school for free. So, so, we have beautiful classes, you know, so our children are going to be, you know, be there while we, you know. So, so, so my colleague says, oh, so that means this place is too small for us already. Even the car park is too small. I'm like, to God be all the glory. That's God doing his own thing, you know. Don't fight for yourself. People will come with bad belly, just leave them alone. They will come with ulterior motive, just leave them alone. Don't fight for yourself. Don't say, oh, I'm going to get my, I'll get even, you know. Don't try, if you get even, what, what have you left God to do? You're, you're doing his job. He says, don't do it. He says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So, it's, what you now happens is that you are now overstepping your bounds. You are now getting into spaces where only God wants to operate. You need to get out of that place and let God be God. Do I get an amen? Verse 30. Physical punishment cleanses away evil. Such discipline purifies the heart. You know, sometimes, sometimes of us are parents, um, we, we struggle, you know, like our sister talked about when we physically discipline our children. You know, we struggle because, you know, there's a part of us that's like, am I doing the right thing? There's a part of us that's, you, you want to correct that thing in the, in the heart of that child. Every parent understands this. You want to, as if you want to remove that, this bad behavior, you know. I'm going to explain it again. Even though the um, the word of God, um, the translation here used punishment, I've explained that God in the New Testament for us, and is a model of our parenting, God does not punish us. God does what? Disciplines us. There are two different things. God doesn't punish us. God disciplines us. We should move away from punishing our children to disciplining them. Now, discipline and punishment have one thing in common, and that is pain. Pain. But the emotion behind it is different. With punishment, the child has just done something. You are livid. You are upset. You, boom, attack the child in our generation, we were severely punished. <laughs> you know, you we were kicked, you we were, you know, all sorts of things. But God is saying we should discipline. So, what does that mean? That means that you don't do it in anger. David says, Don't correct me in your anger, please. Don't correct me in your sore displeasure. So, God expects us to internalize what has happened. We are the adults to control our emotions, diffuse the anger. When the anger is totally diffused, out of love, you call the child and you still discipline the child. So, I, the child does something, you say something like, I promise you Six strokes of the cane before bed tonight. So everybody go their own way. For you, you use the time to diffuse the anger. And when it's time for bed, the child is praying that you will forget. Then you walk into the room with the bolala. And you say, You know, daddy always keeps his promises. You tell him to hold the bed, hold it tight. You give him what? Twice. I told you, don't behave like that. You know that he loves you. <laughs> but but I gotta do what I gotta do. Twice. Just two more. You're a strong boy and if they leave the bed you start again you take instructions I've told you take instructions hold the bed so we start again from one (laughs) that's how I roll that's how I roll Pastor, what if we use the air to rob the place? You listen to instruction, hold the bed. (laughs) The child, we have what they call purification at night. Angels will come and bulge their hearts <laughs> when you wake up. you give them a hug. They will argue very cautiously. <laughs> They'll be looking at you. Well, they will think twice before they do the same thing. But what happens is we just lash out. We are angry. We ourselves are unruly. You know, and that cannot be what God wants us to do. Praise the Lord. Ears to hear, eyes to see, both are gifts from God. We leave that to you as we move on to friendship. Verse 3. Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. Only fools you know, I mean, this has happened. I mean, if you're married, you know, you know this. If you're married to a troublesome person, you know, you, you know that sometimes you don't want to fight. You say you don't want to fight. And your spouse says, this quarrel, we have to quarrel it. <laughs> you know? And if you think that, oh, your spouse doesn't do that, maybe you are the one that you do that. The, the, the point is, God is saying, it is to your honor if you avoid a fight. And those that always insist on fights, God says they are fools, and you are not a fool. Amen. Verse 11, on friendship. Even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure Or whether it is right. And this is huge. How does this apply to friendship? God is saying, be discerning. If you have a friend that keeps doing certain things, let that instruct you. Let that instruct you. Don't wait until they sell you before you know that this friend can sell you. This this friend will have started by trying to sell your wristwatch, sell your shoes. So when you are seeing those things, be instructed. Be instructed. There are people that are my friends, so to speak. (laughs) But I can't leave them with something that is precious to me. No, I can't. Because I know their ways, and their ways are not pure. The Bible says you can tell if a child's way is pure by how they act. So the foundation of discernment is this it's simple, it's an equation 1 plus 1 equals 2. That's the foundation of discernment. And I'm praying that you grow in discernment in the name of Jesus. Amen. Many of us we want to grow in discernment. We want to be able to discern. Oh, pastor, how are you able to discern this? How are you able to discern that? The foundation of discernment is this. One plus one equals two. Somebody has done one. They've added another one. And you're still wondering if it will lead to two. You, you still want to pray and fast if it will lead to two. That's foolishness. One plus one Equals what? Two. Well, in base ten. <laughs> My math's brain is kicking in. And one plus one may not, will be one zero in base two. Right? And in other aspects of mathematics, when you say one plus one, it's not the base you need to ask. You need to ask at what speed? One plus one at what speed? But we're talking about decimal, right? So one plus one is always (laughs) what? Two. It's always two. It's always two. It's the foundation of discernment. I wish I could say this in a way that you get it. For some of us, there are things that are staring us in the face. And we are still praying about it. What are you praying about? Staring you in the face. One plus one is two. One plus one is two. One plus one is two. (laughs) I don't want to say some specifics because of our PG rating. But one plus one is what? It's two. Verse six. Many will say they are loyal friends. But who can find one who is truly reliable? So again, we see here, loyalty. Who can find a loyal person? The world has a scarcity of loyal people. The truth is, in whatever business you are in, or whatever organization you are, if you are a loyal person, you will get to the top. You know why? Because loyal people are very few. If you're a business person and you're loyal to your customers, you're really loyal to them. They know you you want to solve their problem. They know that you have their interest. Your business is going to bloom. Whatever industry. That's 15. Wise words are more valuable than much gold and many rubies. Friendship, for many, is based on riches and money and class. We are not on the same level. You don't drive the kind of car I drive. So we can't really be friends. But God is saying, the person may not drive the kind of car you drive, but the person has... Wise words, that wise words are better than gold and rubies. Praise the Lord. Verse five. Though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person of understanding will draw it out. So, as a follow-up, there are people that you are doing life with that has good advice. They have the advice for your next level, but. You need to have understanding to know how to draw out that answer from them. The answer is there, but you are just mingling with them, playing with them, chatting with them, but you are not getting the answer you need from them. So it needs a lot of wisdom for you to get the answer from them, and the honesty is on you. Verse 19 A gossip goes around telling secrets. So don't hang around such people. That's what the Word of God says. Don't hang around gossips. Say, oh, I won't say anything. I'll just be hearing what they say." God says, don't, don't hang around them. That's what the Word of God says. Don't hang around them. Gossip don't only tell and carry lies. Gossip carries secrets, which means gossips are usually friends of people they gossip about because it's only your friend that has your secrets. So it is only your friend that has your secrets. So make sure you are not a friend that gossips, that take what somebody else has told you to tell another person. The person would never have heard then they should not hear it from you. Praise the name of the Lord. If you tell other people's secrets, you are sowing a seed. You are sowing a seed. So don't associate with gossips. Someone wants to gossip? I'm not there. I don't want to hear. I'm not interested. Say, ah, but it's hot gist. Thank you. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Say, but how, so how would you know what is happening around? You know, How would you know? Not from gossip. I know what God wants me to do. What God doesn't want me to do, I'm not interested. Work. Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. I mean, that's standard. If you are too lazy to work, there will be no food in the harvest. Verse 13 If you love sleep, you will end in poverty. Keep your eyes open. And there will be plenty to eat. You know, sleep is something that is very... Um, I don't know the word to put. That's why I put a blank there. Even in my notes, it's blank that is there. <laughs> sleep is very... You will help me with the word, but let me describe what, what it is that you help me with the word. You know, if you sleep too much, I kid you not, when I'm beginning to enjoy sleep, then I always see verses like this in the Bible, yet a little sleep, yet a little slumber." I wake up, and say no, <laughs> I got to work, you know. Then when I'm working too hard, I come across a video or a medical finding that says if you are sleep deprived, you would die of this and that, all sorts of horrible things. I'm like, what am I going to do? Because by God's grace, I mean, I can, I can work for hours. My colleagues, my wife always tell you, I forget to hit sometimes, I forget to... I forget to eat. I just forget because I'm working. And also, by God's grace, I don't have any problem sleeping. I can I can sleep anywhere. Fine, lie anywhere. I'm, I don't even think it takes up to three minutes. And I'm exaggerating. I think I didn't want to exaggerate. As I said, three. His grace. He gives his beloved what. He gives his beloved sleep, and I'm his favorite boy, so <laughs> I'm his beloved boy, so I'm, you know. So, sleep is a what? If you sleep too much, there's a problem. If you don't sleep enough, there's a problem. Sleep is a, this is where we need our younger ones. Their brains are still sharp. Yeah, tell us, sleep is a... What did he say? (laughs) Sleep sleep, sleep is a problem. (laughs) His young brain was like, okay, who wants to help us? Sleep is a... Just put up your hand, give them the mic. If you see your hands up, just... Just... Yeah, give them the mic, it's fine, yeah. Uh, good evening, church. Good evening. I uh, would say to fill in that blank space, one could say sleep is a trap. Sleep is a trap. Oh, okay. That's good. Thank you for that impute. Yes.
1: I would say sleep is a problem.
0: Sleep is a problem. Okay. Anybody I else? Sleep. Thank I would say you for sleep that. is a distraction. Who is that? Let me see your hands. Oh, yeah. Okay, Chini. You said sleep is a distraction. Okay. Good evening, George. Good evening. To me, I will say sleep is, is a necessity. Sleep is a necessity. Yeah, because at the point, it's a nature. You can't cheat nature, so you have to sleep to be able to rethink. For me, I work twenty-four hours. Like I don't, I, I'm a workaholic, so I sleep twelve and I wake up four thirty and I'm out again from five to now and I go back again. So, but I just need. I know. I noticed that if I sleep for even ten minutes. My brain can't take me for a longer time. So I believe it's, it's a necessity in life. That okay. you have to... Who's a necessity? In life. Okay. Good. Okay. But that just covers one part of it. It being a problem also covers just one part of it. It being a trap also covers one part of it. I need a word that covers everything. Two edged sword. Good Where are you?
1: Good evening, Pastor.
0: Okay.
1: I feel sleep is a dice. Like, it's, Where,
0: it's dicey. Who is talking?
1: Me. <laughs>
0: okay, you. I feel sleep is a sleep dice. Sleep is it's dicey. dicey. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, you it's have a,
1: to be okay. either 2
0: Yes. I would say it's 2 edge sword. Is it double edge sword? Yes. Uh, you have to sleep. Uh, don't know about sleep, uh, but... Okay. Find the balance. Find a balance. Find a balance. One more. Yeah. Okay. Then we take one over there. Yes.
1: So, um, sleep is a mystery.
0: It's a mystery. That was what I said. But I said I will not put it there.
1: Sorry. It's a wonder. Yes. That's what I say.
0: Okay. I said mystery. Sleep is a wonder. Okay. Hmm. That's um. true. I would yeah.
1: say um sleep is um a variable like a variable given a condition
0: it's not a constant uh,
1: yeah it's not constant it depends <laughs> on that then if if i'm going to read that um, that ad- ad- um what's it called article yeah i can say it's conditional like depending on have you done what deserves to uh, have you done what deserves the sleep before you can sleep okay
0: so if you've not done something that deserves sleep you should you not sleep, supposed to sleep. <laughs> Okay, praise God. So I would say that. Um, what other word did you use, Mr. Wonder. Yeah, I would I would stay with that. Sleep is a wonder. So you can put wonder. I, I was I, I was thinking mystery. You know, when you sleep too much, it's a trap. It's a problem. When you don't sleep enough. So, even though I tend to sleep for four hours, but try and sleep for longer, because um, you need to sleep for, for longer, definitely not four hours, in a day. Okay, so we have the orders, I would, I would leave you to, to finish it up when you get home. You know, and um, obviously, like I said, there's so much in this chapter, and God will help all of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's bow down our hearts, as we bow down our heads, and let us, let us just pray. I don't know, you may be here and you're like, Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender my life to God. I want to give my life to Jesus. I used to be born again, but I'm not with God anymore. Can I come back to him? Can you pray with me? I want to pray with you. If you put up your hand now over your head, we'll pray together. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Put up that hand over your head. Shoot it up. I will pray together. I will pray together. God bless you. Is there a hand there? Okay. 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 The children that have their hands up, just talk to God and ask God to come into your heart. Ask God to come to your heart. Every child that has our hand up. Father, we thank you for today. We ask that your word will take root in our lives and bear fruit to the praise and glory of your name. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.